are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, welcome to a very fun roster cut down day episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, your pal in the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And on today's show, Tuesday was roster cut down day, so we got to go over all the roster cuts. The Vikings have an initial 53. I call it an initial 53 because as we get through, you'll you'll start to realize that it's very clearly not the actual 53. There's a, some weird stuff that still needs to be sorted out. We'll get to that when we get to it. First, I want to tell you that nobody covers the beginning of the NFL season, previewing the NFL season like the Locked On Podcast Network. And much like we did for the draft with our big old mock draft thing with Odyssey, we're doing another one. Started on Monday the 30th, goes all the way through September 8th. It is the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview. Takes you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. It is awesome. So, we are starting here uh, with the 53-man roster, but I think the biggest news probably to come out of Tuesday was the Vi- that the Vikings made a trade. Uh, the Vikings, of course, with some problems at tight end with depth, they made a trade for Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets. So we'll talk about him. We'll talk about the 53-man roster, but I want to start with Chris Herndon. And I want to start with actually what this means for Irv Smith. So they went and they traded for a guy. The compensation in total was a 2022 fourth for Chris Herndon and a 2022 sixth. So we do a four for a six swap. And in return, we get Chris Herndon. Um, and oh, and by the way, the, the Jets also pay a little bit of the salary. So they converted a little bit of his salary to signing bonus, which is a cheeky way of basically the Jets saying we'll pay some of the salaries. So the Vikings get Chris Herndon for basically the minimum uh, they could legally pay him. And uh, they pay a fourth for a sixth to do so. So I guess the biggest question here is, what does this mean for Irv Smith? Um, Because, and I think that's the big like speculation here, right? And it's really difficult to say because we just don't know. As we've kind of been told with meniscus injuries, and a lot of people are suddenly going real deep into information about like orthopedic surgeries and stuff, but here's the deal with meniscus injuries. The the, the uh, agreed-upon common wisdom is that there's two different kinds of procedures. There's a kind of cleanup, which is, you know, sort of a, a minor procedure. It'll keep them out just a few weeks. And then there's like a full-on tear, a full-on repair. And the repair is the one that keeps them out for the season. And we can't see his meniscus even on an MRI or other tools and stuff, you you can't see it. It's in his body. You can't look at it. So they don't know what the meniscus, meniscus is going to be. So it's difficult to look at this Chris Hernan trade and say, well, they must be really worried. They must think Irv Smith will be out for a while. Otherwise, they won't. Uh, they wouldn't have traded for a tight end. And it's like, well, maybe, but they don't know. We know that they don't know. They do not have secret information about Irv Smith's meniscus that would like inform this decision. So you can't exactly Nancy Drew this. And, uh, you know, deduce like what 
the Vikings are going to try to do with with uh, Chris Herndon or what they think about Irv Smith. The Vikings guess is kind of as good as yours until you can get a surgeon in there to look at it, and that'll happen later in the week. So I know it's really hard. I know it requires some patience and, and fan bases don't tend to have that. I, I know it's really hard to just kind of sit and wait with Irv Smith, but we can't really reverse engineer and try to figure out what the Vikings are thinking here. They are behaving in a way that you have to behave if you don't know what the answer is. You could be out Irv Smith for a few weeks. You still kind of need a depth tight end anyways, because you have Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin, and a bunch of dudes that I don't know if they should make a roster. Um, Or he's out for the year, and then you really need a guy, so you might as well go get a guy. I think that's really the thing. So let's talk a little bit about Chris Herndon. And Chris Herndon is... uh, I, so I asked Locked On Jets, John Butchko, I asked him, uh, what 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 about this guy? And he says he's one of the biggest, quote, enigmas I've ever seen, was uh, the way that John Butchko put it to me. So his first year, his rookie year, he was athletic, he was getting up the seam, and I think it gave people this idea. I see Jets fans talk about this guy as, like, a guy with a lot of potential all the time, and high potential, and kind of this unrealized potential type, um, and you get this idea of this crazy athletic tight end whose injury, whose career was was derailed by injury, and then you actually look up his athleticism, and he was kind of hurt during his pre-draft process, so you don't have a lot of, like, tested athleticism, but what you do have is, like, average at best, it's terrible agility scores, didn't run a 40, had decent jumps. Uh, and so that like, you're like, wait, what's the, what's the potential here? But I think that comes from his rookie year and his rookie year was really exciting. Um, and then his second year was a total disaster. He got a DWI, so he was suspended for a little bit. And then when he was supposed to come back from the suspension, he got injured. And then when he was supposed to come back from that injury, he got another injury and that put him out for the season. So he never really had a second season. And then in 2020, he was terrible. Um, John Butchko was like, uh, said that he it was one of the worst seasons he's ever seen from a tight end. So he is coming off of rock bottom here. And you could think of it as a buy low if you wanted to think about it that way. Um, said below replacement level player was the way that, that Butchko said it. So uh, yeah, the new coaching staff basically came in, said we don't really want this guy from the previous regime. Of course, things didn't work out with Adam Gase and here he comes to the Vikings. So I don't really know what to expect from, from Chris Herndon. Um, if he is truly athletic and maybe he was still getting healthy, maybe something was wrong, something in the water in New York, right? Because the Jets are, uh, fairly, I mean, the, the Adam Gase Jets weren't exactly good for players, I guess, you know, Panthers fans tell themselves the same thing with Sam Darnold. Uh, so I don't know what to expect from him. The good news is the bar isn't very high. We don't need a lot from him. We need him to be a tight end two at worst and a tight end three at best. Um, but for a guy that you don't need a lot out of, I think the Vikings made it kind of overpaid. Uh, so a fourth for a sixth. If you look at it at the trade charts and you speculate about where the Vikings are going to land, if you want to go with like Super Bowl odds or whatever, call that, you know, a high middle draft pick versus one like a top five draft pick from the Jets, because I don't think the Jets are going to be very good uh, while they and unless Zach Wilson is like a total revelation. Um, it's about. A fifth round, a high fifth round pick is the difference between a fourth and a sixth, about a fifth if you look at the trade charts. Um, So a fifth round pick for a tight end that's like kind of coming off of a terrible season and might not be rosterable. 
I don't think that's a deal I really support. I get needing a tight end, and I get kind of feeling nervous about your depth and stuff, not knowing where you're going to be with Irv Smith and stuff like that. And if you wait till after the surgery, well, then all the waiver claims have happened, and everybody's kind of set with their roster, and it's going to be a lot harder to get a guy. So, you know, go do it now while somebody has a surplus, and maybe you can get it a little cheaper. I get that, even though, you know, the timing is inconvenient, but maybe necessary. Um... But I think, like, if you think about it in the way of the difference between the sixth round pick and the fourth round pick, right? Call that value about a fifth. Um, Versus the difference between Chris Herndon and whatever tight end you would have been able to scrounge out, uh, you know, on Saturday or whenever you actually get the information that you need a guy. I think the fifth round pick is more worth more than the difference between Chris Herndon and whoever. Um, so I don't know if I like the deal. It's an overpay. It's small potatoes. It's not a huge overpay. You know, I'm not going to light a torch and go march on TCO, but I probably disagree with the move. Um, we'll see what Chris Herndon gives us, though. And it seems like, you know, really difficult to know at all what that is because his career with the Jets was so mysterious and, and so kind of difficult to figure out. There, there's a lot of questions there. So that was just one addition. We've got a lot of cuts to go over, and I want to make sure that I get to those. But first, I want to talk to you about Grambling, because it is that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are getting back onto the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survival Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive your 100% welcome bonus. And they have an opening day super promo on the season opener between the Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. You make a bet on that game, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100 to get all that. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from basketball football boxing right to your favorite favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sportsbook experts all right so let's talk about the cuts and i'm going to go position by position here we'll start with the offense for most of camp most of the preseason we were pretty much penciled in kirk cousins jake browning kellen mond as the quarterbacks but that's not how it worked out jake browning got cut now they want jake browning back for the practice squad considering his preseason i don't think they're going to have much difficulty with that and it sounds like according to beat reporters that they the vikings told jake browning he's ostensibly the qb2 but he's going to fill that role from the practice squad And that means that if there's a COVID outbreak, Jake Browning isn't even exposed to it, let alone, um, I mean, he's vaccinated anyways, but he isn't even exposed. He wouldn't even have to, like, have a negative test or anything because it'll be on the scout team. It'll be kind of like the Kendall Hinton situation in Denver, except with a guy that's, you know, designed to play quarterback. Um, But as QB2, I'm still really uncomfortable with that. And they only have two quarterbacks on the roster as of now. So a waiver claim or a trade or something like that still totally within the bounds. Um, And then obviously Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond. So if Kirk Cousins twists his ankle in the game, the only other quarterback under contract right now is Kellen Mond. Uh, So he would have to come in if they're, you know, for whatever reason you needed Kirk Cousins or you needed like a quarterback in like mid game to come in. It would be Kellen Mond. So they have to at least trust him with that. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they fully trust Jake Browning. I really want them to bring in a new quarterback. But from the beat reporting, it sounds like that might not be a given. Uh, but 
that's neither here nor there. That's a pretty much chalk group. Of course, Nate Stanley out um, and Danny Etling was cut uh, a week ago. As for the running backs, the group's a little interesting. And and this is the first of uh, a few releases that uh, are maybe coming back later in uh, later in the week or maybe even tomorrow, maybe even today. You might even have, have heard about it by the time uh, you listen to this. Uh, but we'll get to that. So, of course, you have CJ Ham, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. They are going to put Kenne Wangwu on the short-term IR. But to be on short-term IR, first you have to be on the roster, uh, the 53-man roster, to like begin with. So they can't put Kenne Wangwu on IR until tomorrow. This is a super weird quirk, and it's all a bunch of weird paperwork stuff that means that the roster we see right now is not necessarily the roster you're going to see uh, come week one against Cincinnati. So the actual f- true final 53-man roster isn't set. You can kind of think of this as a fluid thing. So Kenny Wangwu technically taking up a spot on the 53, but he's going to be gone later. And for whatever, for whatever it's worth, Chris Herndon doesn't count toward the 53 yet. That transaction didn't process by end of day on uh, Tuesday. That'll probably process Wednesday, so it'll probably be one for one there. Um, so Wang Wu is out for now. He gets to come back at the earliest week four, but whenever he's healthy. Um, and also Amir Abdullah was released. Now, Amir Abdullah is somebody that I'm pretty surprised to see the release of. Um, I think he earned a spot. I think he was a better runner than AJ Rose, who was also released. Um, Jake Vargas was released as well, but they want Jake Vargas back for the practice squad, um, to kind of be the backup fullback for, uh, CJ Ham. Um, so... But, but Amir Abdullah is an interesting one, and it's the first of these that is, he is a vested veteran, which is a fancy way of saying he's played more than four years in the league, and that means that he isn't subject to waivers in the same way that, say, Jake Browning is, uh, or somebody on a rookie contract, somebody who has been in the, the league for less than four years. So let's say, you know, you cut A.J. Rose is subject to waivers, right? A.J. Rose, every team gets a kind of chance in draft order, so starting with the Jaguars and moving all the way through to the Bucks. Um, everybody gets their kind of first right of refusal to pick that guy up on waivers. And if he clears waivers, he's a true free agent. He can sign anywhere after that, um, including back with the team that, that cut him. Amir Abdullah does not have to go through such a process. He is right now, as we talk, as I record this, anybody can call him up and offer him anything. So you could release Amir Abdullah and say, hey, this is just because of some weird roster stuff. You know, we got to wait for some guys to go on IR. They got to be on the roster for a day. We'll pick you up tomorrow. Um, and say, hey, you know, hey, don't go anywhere. And you can shake hands on that, but nothing is stopping, say, the Ravens from calling up Amir Abdullah and saying, hey, we just lost J.K. Dobbins. We need a, we need a running back pretty bad. We'll pay you $2 million. We'll outbid what the Vikings give you. Come on over to Baltimore. Nothing in the rules is stopping Amir Abdullah from doing that other than whatever gentleman's agreement he has with the Vikings. So it's a little bit of a risk, and then you can sort of artificially inflate your roster that way. That's kind of what's going on here. Um, there were a couple of other ones, and we'll get to those when we get to them, but Amir Abdullah is the first one. I think i'm not 100 sure he's coming back to the roster but i kind of think he will um as for the wide receivers it was pretty much chalk you have thielen jefferson kj osborne dd westbrook amir smith marset and then you have a room for a sixth guy uh with no wang Wu, two quarterbacks you actually got room for a lot here that was kind of between chad bb and dan chisena wap filer or Fillier and uh myron mitchell myron mitchell are all uh pretty easy cuts there but you have Chisena or Bibi, and you can only keep one. That 
decision kind of got made for them. Chad Beebe hurt his foot in the Kansas City game. Seems like a pretty bad injury that was going to take like four months to recover. So he goes on IR. He'll get to go recover from that. Um, and you go with Dan Chisena, who made the team on special teams. He forced a bunch of fair catches. He played pretty well on special teams. He broke down better. He wasn't flying past returners, you know, giving up lanes and stuff. He was way more disciplined. Um, seems to have improved. And so he gets that sixth spot. Uh, at tight end, uh, you've got Irv Smith. And Tyler Conklin, again, Irv Smith, another one that might go on the short-term IR. Again, totally depends on what's up with that meniscus. But it's hard to see it being an injury that takes less than three weeks to heal. Um, but again, less than three weeks from now is not three weeks of game time because we don't actually play a game for like 12 days or something. So uh, we still have uh, a ways to go. So if it's, you know, a, a four-week injury or something, maybe they think about or a three-week injury or something, maybe they, they think about not putting him on reserve. But I say probably he goes on IR. Um, which is, you know, the short-term IR. He can come back by week four. Um, and then you have Tyler Conklin as tight end one. They cut Zach Davidson and Shane Zilstra. So Brandon Dillon makes the team, and then you get Chris Herndon in tomorrow. So there's your group. Tyler Conklin, Chris Herndon, Brandon Dillon, and then eventually you get Irv Smith back, hopefully, or maybe he's out for the season. And then you have the offensive line. I'll try to breeze through it quick. You have Rashad Hill, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Oli Udo, Brian O'Neill. Of course, those are your starters. That was decided a while ago. Davis, Derisaw, and uh, Mason Cole are sort of locks to be those backups. And then you have Blake Brandle as the only other guy. Not noted very uh, conspicuously. No Dakota Dozier, who they want back for the practice squad. And no Drew Samia, who apparently suffered a pretty bad hamstring injury. And uh, so that kind of makes that decision for them as well. But cutting Dakota Dozier, I think, is a big moment for a lot of people who are really, really afraid that they had some sort of weird bias toward Dakota Dozier. And yeah, the offensive line coach liked him from back when both those guys were on the Jets. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that was always kind of overblown. He had to earn his spot and he didn't. Um, I kind of thought maybe he did. I mean, I did my 53 and I said, maybe Dakota Dozier makes the team. Um, but seems like they didn't need it. And so they kept Blake Brandle instead and they cut Zach Bailey and Kyle Hinton. They also had cut Evan Kazarzik and Cole Cabral before. Um, and they want, I think, Bailey and Hinton back for the practice squad eventually. So Blake Brandle on the team again for now, but you've got these kind of uh, halfway cut guys that you still need to worry about. Uh, so you have to kind of figure out what the, the roster is actually going to be. So all these kind of bubble guys that are on the team might still be waiting. That said, Blake Brandle's the ninth offensive lineman. I don't think they're going to roll in with eight. So I think Blake Brandle just earnestly make the team made the team and good for him. Uh, so before I go on to defense, I want to describe a scenario for you. Let me tell me if this sounds familiar. You got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another one where you're streaming shows, maybe your, your partner streaming shows or something. Uh, you're watching highlights on your phone, maybe managing fantasy there. And you have your best friends log in for HBO, like the good stuff. Well, let me dispense with all that confusion, all those logins, all those different devices. Let's consolidate this, right? I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that without the hassle. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contracts. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device, device required. Content varies by 
package. I also want to talk to you about what else the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built Bar is absolutely delicious, has nine delicious flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. Let me know if you like these things with chocolate. Peanut butter, cherry, mint, cookies and cream. Absolutely delicious stuff, uh, among others, and some specialty flavors that come in um, on their website every once in a while so all limited time stuff so check back at the website every once in a while the website's built.com you go to builtbar.com uh, as well and get there and you can get yourself some built bar i recommend the sampler it's two of each of their nine flavors um that's a, a good place to start see what you like but whatever you get they are high protein high fiber but low sugar low carb low calorie they're not going to knock you off the wagon and they're keto friendly as well and if you go to built.com right now, you enter promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. All right, so let's go over the defensive cuts real quick, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the weird Amir Abdullah, Everson Griffin thing, and they also did it with the long snapper, but we'll get to that. Uh, first off, the defensive tackle group is Pierce, Tomlinson, Richardson, like we thought, and then they kept both Armin Watts and James Lynch for now. Uh, seems like something that might change later. Five defensive tackles feels like a lot. Um but they cut Zeonde Johnson and Jordan Scott uh, earlier, so they kind of didn't have any decisions to make there if they were going to keep five. And then the defensive ends, they also kept five here. Daniil Hunter, Stephen Weatherly still on the team for now, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, and then Jalen Holmes, not Everson Griffin. And so it is immediately kind of a head-scratcher. Why did they choose Jalen Holmes over Everson Griffin? Jalen Holmes didn't have a very good preseason at all. He didn't have a good 2020 season either. Uh, and Everson Griffin seems to be a much better choice here, especially considering he even flashed in limited action in the preseason. Um, so basically, they have made the same handshake deal with Everson Griffin. Now, they have made this handshake deal with him. According to the beat reporters, they've told him basically, yeah, you're going to come back. Uh, they all expect him to come back and everything, and it's totally just a weird paperwork thing. I'm not sure if they did that with Amir Abdullah. I'm kind of speculating there because it works the same, um, but they cut Everson Griffin like for now. Maybe they're trying to swing a trade for one of these other defensive ends. Uh, maybe they're trying to see what happens on waivers, and if somebody's really disappointed, uh, they'll go say, hey, we got one Steven Weatherly for you, or maybe a Jalen Holmes or something like that. Uh, but for now, Everson Griffin not on the roster. Wouldn't panic too much about it, though. Again, this is definitely, this defensive line is weird. You don't need 10 defensive linemen, uh, and you certainly don't need 10 defensive linemen plus an 11th in Everson Griffin. That's pretty wild. Uh, so we'll see what happens to that group. It's kind of hard to judge it when we don't know who's actually going to stay on it or what's going to happen there. So instead, let's talk to the line, talk about the linebackers where they also kept seven. So they kind of, in the whole defense, they kind of didn't make any of the hard decisions yet. In terms of what do you do, you kind of only have room for six linebackers. Who do you cut? Which defensive tackle do you cut? You know, which uh, cornerback do you cut? Do you cut either cornerback? They only really made this decision with safety. But the linebackers are very, very chalk. Uh, they cut Tough Borland and they kept everybody else. Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Chaz Surratt, Nick Vigil, Ryan Connolly, Troy Dye, Blake Lynch. Um, there's a non-zero chance that uh, Anthony Barr heads to the short-term IR thing, but it seems like a very low chance. Uh, Courtney Cronin doesn't think so at ESPN. I kind of agree with her i don't really think so zimmer kind of said hey 50 50 for week one feels like if you're 50 50 for week one you got a pretty high likelihood of making it to week three so the short-term ir doesn't make sense there um so 
there you go. And we'll see if Connolly, Die, and Lynch end up on the roster when all is said and done, or if some of these guys that have been promised a, a spot back, if you know one of these other players is going to have to make way. And again, it's a really weird way to do it, and I'll explain at the end of the show why you would maybe do it that way. As for the cornerbacks, we went totally with the chalk six, Bashad Breland, Mackenzie Alexander, Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd. Don't know if that's the order. Uh, but those are the six guys. They cut Perry Nickerson. They cut Ty Smith. They had already cut Dylan Mabin and Amari Henderson. Um, they want both those guys back for the practice squad, but or Nickerson and Smith back for the practice squad. But we'll see kind of who ends up there. Um, Ty Smith, another vested veteran type, so he didn't have to go through waivers or anything like that. Uh, but we'll, we'll see kind of where those two guys end up. But I think this is the cornerback group. I don't think, even though there's some interesting names out there at cornerback, I love Parnell Motley and Jimmy Moreland, both those guys available right now. Um, Jimmy Moreland is uh waved injured and he has like a one week injury or something like that. So you'd have to wait, but maybe you bring him back. I don't think the Vikings will though. I think they're pretty happy with this group. Uh, and then you have the safeties where they kept Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, Cameron Bynum. Those were automatic. And then they chose Josh Metellus over Miles Dorn as the fourth guy. Um, Miles Dorn, I think probably outplayed Metellus as a safety seemed to get, you know, reps over him and all that stuff. But Metellus is better on special teams. That's the point. Same thing with Dan Chisena. And then you have the specialists. And if you've been keeping track at home, you will notice that we are at 51 before we get to the specialists so that's weird right uh they cut andrew de paola kept britain colquitt and greg joseph of course but weird that they cut andrew de paola <laughs> they don't have a long snapper on the roster right now so again something's gotta give and it seems like they're only putting two guys on ir if if i were to guess and one of those guys is also going to be replaced by chris herndon so they're only making one roster spot here and they have at least two guys that like have to come back in de paola and everson griffin and by the way same thing with de paola somebody can go offer him a million and a half which is more than the vikings were going to pay him i think and or you know they could just offer more than the vikings were going to pay him whatever that is and uh he could come back so like hey what's the deal what gives um, so let's, I guess, talk about that, but that's your, your 53 right now. It's very weird and it's very incomplete. So here's the thing about, uh, the, I guess, dynamic of the roster right now. Nothing matters till you actually play football. So all this stuff is weird paperwork things. And we're just kind of in the middle of a clearly like a work in progress roster. Um, so We'll have to cover a lot more tomorrow. Obviously, other stuff will happen. There might be more trading. There might be more, you know, waving. We'll cover cover cuts and stuff. We'll cover all that stuff on tomorrow's show and maybe do like a Friday fun mailbag thing because um, I want to get you a mailbag this week. But the weird roster stuff, here's where I'm at. So, A, there's a lot of time between now and the, and the Vikings playing meaningful football. There's like 10 days. And so you have a lot of time to kind of let different processes play out to let rounds of waivers go by and stuff and to sort of manipulate the process. And, and the Vikings are basically trying to get cheeky and manipulate the process. The downside of this is, of course, you expose everybody to um, not literally waivers, but to being claimed by somebody else, to being poached by somebody else. Anybody can call Everson Griffin or Andrew DePaolo right now and say, we're going to pay you more than the Vikings. Do you want to come down? And there's nothing but a gentleman's agreement a gentleman's agreement uh preventing them from saying yes to that but provided that doesn't happen and hey everson griffin didn't have a market at all nobody wanted him as of like 12 days ago uh nobody wanted andrew de paola when he was resigning with the vikings he didn't have to compete with anybody else nobody wanted amir abdullah either he signed later in in free agency as well 
Um, so it's not like they expect, like, I don't think they should expect to like be competing with anybody anyways, because they're probably safe out there on the street for a minute while you kind of, uh, figure out other stuff while you have to kind of throw Irv Smith and Kenny Wangwu on the roster for a day so that you can get them on the short term IR instead of having to put them on the season ending kind. Um, so that is part of it. And then a couple of roster spots will open up there. But the other part of it is that there are these guys like Jalen Holmes and James Lynch who may or may not have actually made the team, um, but eventually something's got to give and somebody else is going to have to get waived. So why not just wave that guy first and ignore all the shenanigans? And here's the reason. So let's say you were to cut James Lynch. Um, he would be exposed to waivers and you would have to uh, wait for that waiver process to complete, which takes a whole day. Um, with the vested veteran thing, you can cut them and then re-sign them two hours later if you want to do like just, just as long as it takes for the paperwork to clear, uh, instead of a whole waivers thing. And so you don't have to end up like waiting. And what you can do is you can re-sign Everson Griffin halfway through the waiver process. Let's say you're really worried about Carolina taking James Lynch, Matt Rule reuniting with him right up from, uh, from their Baylor days. So let's say you're really worried about that. So you wait for Carolina to claim another defensive tackle on waivers, and then you, you, you do the James Lynch waiver immediately and the Everson Griffin sign back thing right then. And you can kind of skip waivers, I guess, with James Lynch. Carolina has a different DT. They won't be interested anymore. And now you can safely stash James Lynch on the practice squad. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to get away with. Um, and the other thing is, you know, of course, waiting for injuries and stuff to clear and, and all those other like waiver based shenanigans to clear. It's all a very complicated process. And you don't really need to know because 48 hours from now, none of this is going to matter unless a guy gets taken weirdly. Um, so you can just kind of sit on your hands for now and say, all right, we'll see what the actual 53 man roster looks like tomorrow and we'll talk about it when we get there in the meantime i want you to check out the locked on bets podcast so that when you go sign up for betonline.ag you can get your gramble straight your boy q and lee sterling a handicapping expert will get you all straightened out there again i'll see you tomorrow in the meantime you can find me on twitter at luke NFL, and the show is on twitter at locked on vikings and as always skull